Hello, and welcome to the Death Culture Podcast with me, Mary Jane. I'm a registered nurse and the owner of MJD Legal Nurse Consulting. In the medical community, just culture refers to this idea that when errors occur, they should be examined closely and without judgment. It, to be honest, most errors, especially the larger ones, do not happen in a vacuum. So if we truly take a deep look at all the events leading up to an error and the factors at play, we can usually spot the weak link in the processes and hopefully prevent future errors from occurring. That's exactly what we'll be doing here in this podcast. Over the course of my career, I've reviewed hundreds of medical-related cases as a resource for attorneys across the country. I aim to use that experience, as well as my experience as a practicing registered nurse, to analyze medical-related cases, explore what went wrong, and perhaps learn what we can do in the future to save lives. Welcome to the Just Culture Podcast with me, Mary Jane Duquette. So this week, I wanted to share some of my thoughts on the Board of Nursing. I'm sure a lot of what I have to say also carries on to other professions. So, you know, the medical board for physicians, um, et cetera, et cetera. But since I'm a nurse, this is where I have the most experience, and this is where I will share the insights. And um, just know that a lot of what I have to say probably carries over into other areas of healthcare as well. Um, so first of all, what is the Board of Nursing for those of you who don't know? So the Board of Nursing, it's a very necessary part of the nursing profession. Their purpose is to oversee and grant licenses for nurses. So as a nurse, I went to nursing school, I got a college degree, and after I graduated, I had to study and sit for a board exam and prove that I had the necessary knowledge to be working in the nursing profession. The uh, Board of Nursing granted me my license based on the score of that um, board exam and it's their job to do that and it's also their job to maintain um, and make sure that the nurses who they do grant licenses to are continue to give safe care um, you know uh, thinking about the Florida nurses where lots of there was this whole licensing scam so their job is really to make sure that that doesn't happen most of the time they do a really great job I don't know what happened in Florida we'll have to see how that uh, legislature all works out but um, the Board of Nursing also ensures that nurses that have been granted licenses are indeed giving safe care to families those you know those are the objectives of the Board of Nursing grant licenses and then enforce safe care. They do this by giving a Nursing Practice Act, which is essentially all the laws that govern you as a nurse. Some There are lots of things on there. Um, you know, you have to renew your license. There's laws about safe staffing, which is something that continuously comes up all the time, is this idea of unsafe assignments. And that is kind of the gray area where everybody's butting heads. And it really is in Sort of the heart right in the center of the staffing shortage is this idea and I talk about it all the time about unsafe assignments unsafe staffing and according to the Board of Nursing unsafe staffing is up to the licensed professional ie the nurse to police so it's the nurse's job to say whether the assignment is safe or unsafe and if it's unsafe it's also up to the nurse to refuse it what happens after that and outside of that, the Board of Nursing doesn't care, but they want to make sure that that power is in the nurse's hand and it's expected to be there. And that's for a very important reason. One is that only I only know what my past experience is. I only know what my comfort level is. Maybe I'm not comfortable taking care of an unstable trach patient and I don't feel like I've had the training, the skills, the knowledge, and the experience to be able to safely do that. Well, that's up to me to say I have never had training in this area and it is unsafe for me to care for that patient. It's also up to me to say 
Um, I, I cannot take care of 36 patients in one eight-hour shift and do all of their cares and give safe care. That is an unsafe assignment, and it's up to me to refuse it. What the employer does with that information, um, the Board of Nursing really doesn't care. What the Board of Nursing cares about is that I am the one saying I will not accept an unsafe assignment. End of story. Conversation's over. Um, but I've also learned some things um, throughout the years working in as a legal nurse consultant and as an advocate for safe healthcare. I often have a lot of people reaching out to me for uh, you know just to tell their story or uh, people reaching out for help and help understanding what's happening. And um, I've learned some things throughout the years, and I'll share some of the experiences in this episode that I've seen in hopes that I can help um, anyone working adjacent to the nursing profession understand how this works. And also, I really hope to help uh, nurses really understand what the Board of Nursing is and really understand what they're held to. I feel like in nursing school, at least for me, because I'm not in one of the states where jurisprudence, like a whole class on it, is required. I am, um, I'm in Maine. And so what happened when I went to nursing school is somebody from the Board of Nursing <clears throat> came in um, one day for a uh, you know, maybe like a 30 minute talk and said, we're the, we're the board of nursing. We'll grant your license and we'll take your license. If you do anything, if you do anything, um, against the law or against the regulations of your license and me sitting there in the stands, I was like, they're going to give me my license. And of course I'm not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize it. And they're never take it away from me. That's just silly. It never even crossed my mind. And then here I am practicing and being given a 36 patient assignment and having to refuse it and having to be put on the facilities do not return list because I am not a quote team player. I'm willing to help the facility out in a quote time of need. Um, no, that's not what I ever thought would happen. And I know there's a lot of nurses in nursing school and there's a lot of nurses who've been practicing for years that until you're in that position, um, you don't really, you don't really know. And also, did you get the training? Did you get the education? Did they specifically in that 30 minute chat with you say, you know, you, this is what an unsafe assignment is. And this is, the, these are the measures that you need to take and make sure that you take them because your license will be in jeopardy. Nothing will happen to the facility. The facility can just keep on. They'll find a new nurse who will accept the unsafe assignment. They don't really care what the board of nursing cares about is you and only you. Um, so yeah, so, I mean, we'll go through some things that I've learned about the nursing, uh, board of nursing and, um, my thoughts on them and some experience. I just hope this episode is enlightening and can shed some, um, you know, just, just share some knowledge and experience. Uh, and so we can go, on from here, more mindful about what, um, and really take the, take these, uh, nursing practice acts very seriously. So the first thing that I've learned over the years, reviewing, uh, claims against nurses, reviewing cases, uh, in the medical uh, malpractice arena and uh, my own experience is that every nurse is guilty until proven innocent. That's just how it is. And that's not the language that the Board of Nursing will use, either on their website, on paper, and if you ask them, they will say absolutely not. Um, but that's not the feeling that you get when you are dealing with them. Um, you know, each and every day, there are nurses out there that get that are getting claims on their license for no reason at all. Um, you know, you can have a nurse who quit their job and the facility's angry, and they will file a claim against their license uh, to retaliate against them for quitting. You, I've seen nurses who have had a really nasty breakup with a abusive spouse and the abusive spouse calls the board of nursing and makes a bogus claim on their license. These nurses are essentially innocent, um, but they still have to undergo an investigation and prove their innocence. 
they can't just say, you know, I'm in the middle of a divorce. You know, you have to go and you have to show that and you have to prove that the claims are not are false and X, Y, and Z. And, you know, sometimes it can be easy to do with a disgruntled ex-spouse because you have, you know, divorce proceedings, you probably have a divorce lawyer and different things like that. But it's really not that easy to dispute claims against a former disgruntled ex-employer. Um, one thing that I've learned in looking at cases uh, and helping out nurses is the rap sheet that your employer has on you is insane. No matter what, if they have asked you to accept an unsafe assignment and you accepted it, you better believe in your file it's going to say on X and X date you accepted this unsafe assignment and all the details about the assignment. If you make any sort of mistake, they will put that down. Um, if you um, came to them with any any questions or concerns, they will put that down. Just every every little thing um, they will put down in your file, and they do that so that later on, if they need to fire you or if something comes up, they have all this evidence over all the years for every little tiny thing, whether it was founded or not, whether it was your fault or not. Um, you know, did you miss a med pass because you had 36 patients and it was just impossible for you to get everything done when you only had 12 minutes per patient per shift? Um, that they'll have that down there as you missed the med pass. They're not going to have it down there that you had 36 patients and you did the best that you could and you're human and have limits and you can't take care of patients with only 12 to 18 minutes per patient per shift. And, and that's not enough time. All they will focus on is the fact that you missed the med pass. So, um, it can be, it can be difficult to really dispute the claims. And that's why I always say nurses should keep a journal. Nurses should keep a journal. If for some reason your assignment, you know, you can have an assignment and then it becomes unsafe right? I've been in the hospital where I've had a four or five patient assignment and then I've discharged a couple. And then when I've admitted them, we had no idea, but I, I'll admit patients. And then a few hours into it, you realize this is just not safe. And they split it up for the next shift. Yeah. But you're still in a moment where you have an unsafe assignment. Your, your assignment was safe when you accepted it. And then it became unsafe. And to document that in your own journal, things like that, um, any incidences that happen, you have a patient fall, I want you to document in, in a journal what you did, what you, it's your own personal journal, it's not to be given to anybody else, but it's something for you to go back on if you are ever facing a disgruntled employer and you have a board of nursing claim and you've got to sit there and you've got to defend yourself, you're not going to remember that one night eight years ago when um, you know, you admitted one patient who was um, in a lot of pain and you didn't realize it and you ended up having an unsafe assignment for about, you know, an hour or two. You're not going to remember that unless you have something to go back and look on. And then and only then you can say, oh, well, this is what was going on that night. And you have a leg to stand on when you have your lawyer go to the employer to say, well, I want to pull the staffing and I want to pull this. And, and this is what was happening that night. And it was you know documented in real time. Um, all of this comes from um, one case I won't forget. It was a nurse who had her license revoked from her state board of nursing. This nurse didn't take, um, she actually didn't take the investigation very seriously because she knew she was innocent and that she didn't do anything wrong, she knew that the employer was retaliating against her. And when the board of nursing called her, or she got the paper in the mail, and then she called the board of nursing and and was upset and told them that you know she had just left left a unsafe facility. They weren't giving, they weren't allowing her to give safe care, and there were a lot of red flags and. They're just retaliating against her. Well, unfortunately, the Board of Nursing did not document anything that she said in that um, conversation or that that conversation had taken place. All they documented on was the claims from the facility. Uh, a little bit of the backstory here uh, was that the nurse, um, she had just gotten a job at a long-term care facility. 
She got through her training and was allowed to work on her own for a few shifts and everything was great. And then as it usually does, slowly but surely, the assignments at this facility were becoming more and more unsafe. Uh, one example that she gave me was uh, they admitted a patient who was going to be a long-term patient and the patient was abusive. They would lay hands on nurses, yell at nurses, yell sexual profanities at nurses. Several nurses, including this nurse, had uh, bruises on their body from this patient, punching them, kicking them, um, pushing them, really attacking them. And one nurse in the facility even um, suffered a concussion. Now, management didn't do anything. They took no measures. There was no extra security. The patient didn't get um, discharged from the facility. They just um, actually were writing up nurses for getting injured because they said that they weren't taking enough measures themselves to protect themselves against a six foot, 300 pound strong man with a, with a brain injury or whatever was going on. Um, you know, this person would just overpower them and they were doing the best they could and they still had to give care. And how do you do that safely? Um, when you're, you know, I mean, I'm little five, two, I'm just, I mean, I would never stand a chance against someone like that. Um, so that was the first, uh, that was, that was the first red flag for her in that she was still being forced to care for this patient who was physically harming them and they had no recourse. So you go to your manager and say, this is unsafe. I can't do this. And your manager says, no, you're just not good enough and you're not taking enough precautions and you're not being careful enough and you're allowing this patient to hurt you. And so that puts the nurse in a place of like, what, what do I do? Is it my fault? You start to question yourself, you know, like, oh, am I doing this right? You're back to your training. And how do you approach a patient who's throwing chairs at a wall? I mean, what do you do? I mean, they're in long-term care. They're not in a psych facility, which maybe that's where that patient needed to go instead of a nursing home. I don't know. I'm not the one. Um, I'm not the one admitting people, but that's what it seemed like to me. Um, and there were other um, instances along the way kind of like that. But what was really the last straw was when um, I think people started leaving because of, you know, other nurses started quitting because of the unsafe environment and they were getting physically hurt and, and written up for it. And that was just, um, you know, like I said um, the other I said the other day in a, in a post, if you allow your employees to manage their own burnout, they're going to. And what they're going to do is they're going to leave your facility because your facility is causing their burnout. So, of course, the nurses were getting burnt out and they left, which left the facility understaffed. And slowly but surely, the staff to patient ratios were climbing higher and higher and higher until they were two times what the um, research back safe level of care is. And then they became to be three times. And this nurse had spoken up several times about the unsafe staffing and unsafe assignments. And she started to refuse to accept them. She was sent home on several occasions um, under suspension for um, refusing unsafe assignments. And then eventually she got another job and she quit. She would no longer stay at that facility. A few months later, she got notification from the Board of Nursing citing a complaint from a former employer that she was giving unsafe care. Surprise, surprise, it was that employer that she just left and they were um, upset with her for leaving because all the other nurses were leaving as well and so they retaliated. They stated that she did not administer ordered medications on uh, two occasions. Um, that she had subpar documentation, that her documentation wasn't safe, and that she consistently was not able to turn her patients on the two-hour mark on X number of shifts. And um, they questioned her ability to um, to be a nurse and to give safe care. And there there were more specific examples. Um, I'm I'm kind of sugarcoating it all, but those those were the um, the heart of the claims. But what the claim didn't say was that the facility was asking her to take care of three times more patients than she should have. And um, nobody, no, nobody asked. I mean, it wasn't in there. That was, of course, why 
her documentation wasn't that great because she, if you don't have enough time to take care of your patient, if I have to choose between patient care and documentation, what do you think I'm going to let suffer? I'm going to let documentation suffer because I can't not give my patients care. Um, and so unfortunately we're human and we can only do what we can do. So, you know, I mean, she, she slipped up a few times. They had documented it all, which is where the rap sheet comes in is know that they know five years ago, that one metoprolol that you missed giving because you had 36 patient assignment all by yourself and you only had 12 minutes per patient and you had to spend 14 minutes with grandma Susie because she had to go to the bathroom and that left you only eight minutes per for grandpa Joe and you missed his, his med. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. The only person who cares is you and you have to be the one to speak up and you have to be the one to care. Um, and so what ended up happening was they actually, um, they did revoke her license uh, for for accepting the unsafe assignments in the first place. So they did not even, they weren't even interested in listening to the treatment that she was subjected to in that facility. They didn't care. All the board of nursing cared was that you shouldn't have been accepting an assignment with two to three times the amount of patients that is safe for you to care for. That was an unsafe assignment. You accepted it and there were consequences. So this nurse got her license revoked. And, you know, I also, one thing that was also really eye-opening was they don't just pull your complaints at that job. They'll go back to your other jobs and see if you've had any complaints. They will also ask for your, um, they will also ask for your applications that you have submitted to these places. And so if you name an inconsistency um, on why you left a facility and then you give a different reason, although similar, probably even the same reason, but it wasn't worded exactly the same, they will put that in your claim as something that... Um, deems you unsafe, like you're lying, right? So say this nurse leaves here. She say she said that she left because of um, she found a better job. She, she might put that on, a, on her next application. And then the application after that, she might then say, I left because um, the, uh, this, I was unable, the facility was unable to foster safe care. And that's why I left. Those two reasons are true. However, they are different. And so the board of nursing will put that in your complaint as reasons why you, um, uh, you're not fit to be, to be a nurse. That's why, um, and, and they did that, they did do that with this nurse and, you know, it's really the nurses, the board of nursing job to enforce the nursing practice act, which are the laws that govern the nursing license. And they differ from state to state, but it's their job to enforce it. And in that practice act, it says the nurse is responsible to refuse any unsafe excitements. And unfortunately, this case didn't have a great ending. Um, the unfortunate thing is that the Nursing Practice Act places all the responsibility and all the blame on the nurse, regardless of the outside circumstances, regardless of what's going on in healthcare. Um, and because of that, it really is this mentality that the nurse is guilty until proven innocent. Um, another thing uh, to touch on is when the board of nursing sends you a communication, you respond. I'm going to say that again for those of you in the back, and I'm going to say it a little louder. If you ever receive communication from the board of nursing, you need to respond. You not only need to respond, if there's a complaint against you, you need to retain an attorney promptly and then respond. Don't delay, don't wait, get the attorney and then respond. You need to take each and every communication with the Board of Nursing seriously, whether it's you, um, I've seen nurses who have forgotten to renew their license. We have to do that every two years and and they forgot. Maybe uh, there, was a, there was a nurse I used to work with who worked at one facility and they would renew her license for her every year and so she just got used to that. She changed jobs and this new facility didn't, and you had to do it yourself. And nobody there, nobody communicated that clearly. And she just assumed that they were going to renew it. 
never followed up on it because she had been used to it being done so much for her that it lapsed and um, she ended up with a big fine. She got it back and everything was okay, but it just goes to show if you receive communication from the board of nursing, you respond. If there is a claim against you, get an attorney and then respond. And an attorney who is familiar with board of nursing cases because they're different. They're different. They can give you advice to follow on any other contract or law, but if they're not familiar with the board of nursing and they're not for what they're not familiar with are the unrealistic expectations that are placed on a nurse. And if you're not familiar with that, you're going to give advice based on what any other profession would hold their, um, their, their people accountable to, but nurses are held to standards that, um, I don't even know if AI could meet it. Honestly, we would need to revamp what we've got for AI to be able to, um, do what a nurse can do and, and do what a nurse is expected to do. Um, there was one nurse, uh, this, this one was like so heartbreaking when I spoke with this nurse. So, she was working at a hospital and she received life altering, terrible news of like a loss in the family or something. I didn't even get into what the news was, but it, it sounded like it was really horrible. And, um, she was having a really hard time maintaining her composure. She was really upset. She was like full of grief and she was crying and hysterical. And she went to her manager and told them what happened and said that they, she had to leave. Like she couldn't be at work. She, she, she had to go. Um, the manager refused to let her leave. The manager told her if she walked out, she would be charged with patient abandonment. And, um, she would uh, not only be charged of that, which is a criminal, I mean, which is a crime, but she would also lose her job. And so the nurse, not knowing what else to do and in a state of grief and she decided, well, I have to push through the shift and I can call out tomorrow, right? I'm not, obviously not coming tomorrow. And um, yeah, she spent some of that shift crying and she was grieving from the news that she received just hours before uh, she wanted to be home with her family where she should have been, where any other profession would have been like, oh my gosh, let me just, just go, just, we'll figure it out. Uh, not nursing. You have to push through. Nobody cares. Um, the nurse later, she, she ended up, um, she got through that shift. She called out, uh, the next few shifts and then, um, they gave, I think they gave her an ultimatum and so that she had to come back if she didn't, she was fired. And so she was like, okay, well, I'm not ready to come back. Um, and so she ended up losing the job. Well, fast forward a couple months later, she received notification from the board of nursing that her manager reported her to the board of nursing for erratic behavior and, and an unstable psychological condition. Um, the examples in the complaint were that this nurse was crying during her shift and admitted that she was depressed and shouldn't be working that day. We're talking about the day that she got that life altering, terrible news. Um, they sent in a complaint to the Bureau of Nursing saying that she was psychologically unfit and unstable to be a nurse. What? What? I was like, what on earth? And because of whatever was going on at the time, this nurse never, she, she had a lot going on there, you know, the grief and it was a loss of, of a loved one. I got the sense that it was somebody that was really close to this person. It was unexpected. It was tragic. And, um, she didn't respond. Uh, she, she didn't get a lawyer. She didn't take it very seriously. And the board of nursing, um, actually sent her a, um, a letter saying that they've investigated. And if she wants to keep her license, she needs to pass a psychological evaluation. Um, and she needs to do that promptly to determine if she's mentally stable enough to work as a nurse. You know, this really puts the nurse at risk of losing her license all because of real life grief reaction. Any one of us would have reacted like that to grief. Like who, who knows how someone's going to react to grief? And then asking them months later to go take a psychological evaluation to prove that they don't have depression and they're not grieving and they're totally mentally stable is completely unfair, inhumane, and just downright ridiculous. The first ridiculous act was that 
the manager wouldn't let her go home. The second ridiculous act was that they reported her to the Board of Nursing. And then the third ridiculous act is that the Board of Nursing wants her to have a psychological evaluation. Of course it's going to show depression. Of course it's going to show grief. Of course it is. I, I, do we even need to get the psychological evaluation to prove that? No, we do not. So, you know, she really would have benefited from a lawyer who understands the system and understands how unfair the situation was and really advocate for her and be like, yeah, we'll do the psychological evaluation. We'll do it in about six months once we've had therapy and we've been able to properly grieve the loss of a loved one. Right. Um, it just, it, it made me so upset that that happened. Um, I, I did advise her to get a lawyer and I haven't heard about anything beyond that, but, um, I'm sure she did. She got the lawyer and everything worked out great. I haven't heard it didn't. Uh, but gosh, that one made me really upset, really upset. And you know, that could have been any one of us. That could be Joe in accounting, but you know what? Joe in accounting, they're going to let Joe go home. Why wasn't, why wasn't the nurse allowed to go home? And then we wonder why nurses are burning out and we wonder why nurses are having a hard time working for some employers. Nothing was done to this employer who retaliated against her, who filed a uh, bogus claim, who um, was a poor leader, and it's just awful. Nothing happened. Nothing. They just moved on. Um, that was that example. And, you know, here's a funny, funny story. So the Board of Nursing will not hire nurses that ask too many questions, at least in my state. So I actually, when I was first, um, I'd gotten my first case. I talk about this a lot in legal nurse consulting, where I helped a family law, um, family reunite a, a parent with a child and I did education and I was like, that was so cool. I want to do so much more of that. So I started to look around and see how could I fit in? How could I bring, um, this, this legal component into it? How can I get into this world? And, um, I was just so interested and I saw, a job for my state board of nursing. Um, and I applied, I applied, I had an interview, I had a second interview, and then they said, all right, we're going to give you a mock case. And if this goes good, then you have the job. So I was super excited. I was going to be an investigator for the Bureau of Nursing. And I was like, yeah, I was so naive. I was like, this is great. So I got the case and I was reviewing it. And it was, um, there was a question of, uh, did the nurse make a mistake and did she document accurately. It was all about the documentation was what I was um, supposed to be investigating. And so I was supposed to comment on the state of the documentation. And then I was also supposed to comment on what I would do as a next step to investigate this. And what my fatal question, do you want to hear what my fatal question was? Well, first of all, let me tell you, this documentation was horrible and disgusting. And I'm sure a kindergartner could have done better. There were typos everywhere. There were misspelled words. There was not one full sentence at all. Um, you know, it, what it looked like to me was that somebody started a note and then forgot to go back and finish it. So like, I'll give you an example. So I will be, uh, maybe I am when I was doing triage or if I'm, um, if I am doing a, uh, like an assessment on a patient, I will make myself notes, uh, or if I have to call, so say I have a patient in the hospital, they spike a fever. So I will start a note at the moment I call the doctor and I will say patient spiked fever, fever was this and any other relevant assessment data. It's in like caveman format, very short one word, um, answers. And then I say, call doctor this time. And then, so I'll page the doctor. And then when the doctor responds, I'll open that note again and I'll go in and put in the conversation, the outcome of that for the doctor and, and any new orders. And then I'll go back in later and do, you know, say they put in orders for Tylenol to treat the fever. I will give the Tylenol and an hour later, I'll go back and I'll update my note to say the outcome of the Tylenol. And if I took any further interventions, well, after the whole thing is settled, I will go back in and I will take my note and I will make it look better. Um, it's just, you know, you're in the moment, you're passing meds, you're doing assessments and you're go, 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 go. I want to have the bare minimum down so that I don't miss a step. I don't miss a time, right? I don't miss what time I called the doctor. I don't miss what time I gave the Tylenol. I don't miss what time it was that I did the reassessment. It's all in my note. And I go back and I make it um, grammatically correct. And, you know, 
this note looked like it, the person had been doing what I would do, but they never went back and corrected it. Um, you know, and there was just no way that a nurse who completed nursing school wrote all those papers, was graded on their grammar, could actually write this note, right? And so there was something going on. And so that my fatal question was, what was happening on the unit that caused the nurse to rush this note, to rush and not complete this note? That was just one of many other questions. I also asked things like, I would look at the nurse's documentation from prior in the shift or from other patients and just to kind of get a feel if this is a habit. So if this is how this nurse documents, then then we have a problem here. But if it's one time out of hundreds of notes, you never know. So you could be writing, I could have been writing that note about the Tylenol calling the doctor. And then uh, one of my other patients codes, it's four o'clock on my, you know, it's like five o'clock. My shift ends at seven. I'm now coding a patient at five o'clock. The code lasts maybe till six or seven. And then I got to run back and I have to get caught up on my actual patient care. And then at the end of my shift, after I've given report, I'm sitting there late at night trying to hurry and get through charting. And I missed to go back to one note. That's happened. And quality has been like, hey, did you mean to do something more with this? And then and then you fix it. But um you know, I mean, it could have been something as simple as that. Does that mean that this nurse is a terrible person, doesn't deserve to have their license and should go work at McDonald's? I do not think so. And so they actually told me I was not getting the job. And I asked because that's who I am. I said, you know, what was it? And they said it was that I asked too many questions. My job was only to assess whether the nurse in that instance did something wrong. And um, I asked too many questions. So, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I was kind of speechless. I was, I still believe I would be really great Bureau of Nursing Investigator, um, but not in the system the way that it's set up right now. No way. Um, it's, you know, it's really set up still with this mentality of like nurses eat their young. And I hate saying that, but when I first became a nurse, that was, that was it. I mean, I remember being in my clinical and which is like my, my final, uh, I was in my final semester. It was my final, it was called my practicum. And so I would work uh, essentially full-time on a unit as closely with, with a preceptor. And I would gain that experience where I would build myself up to a full assignment and, and sort of um, work closely under this nurse. And I remember clearly that one nurse was going to do a skill and my preceptor was like, oh, can you take my student with you so that she can see this? Because um, it's just a really cool opportunity. And we hadn't been able to see that at the time. And I was about to finish school and I, you know, it was probably the only opportunity I was going to get at, in that practicum to, to get this experience. And the nurse looked, I was standing right there. The nurse, um, looked at my preceptor and said, I don't do new nurses. When she's a nurse for five years, I'll take her in and she can watch me do this, but I don't do new nurses and walked off and wouldn't let me come in. I mean, that's just, that's just crazy, but that's how it was. And we're doing better. We're doing a lot better now. Um, people will get written up and, um, nurses can even get fired for that type of conduct now if you have proper leadership. Um, but has the board of nursing really caught up with it? Right. Um, this whole idea that other nurses, you know, other nurses won't step in to help. Um, you're expected to be held at a standard and there's, there's no deviation from that standard. And if you are not up to that standard, then you, you're somehow less than, and you're not deserving and you're not good enough, even though the standard might be you have 36 patients. You have 18 minutes per patient in an eight hour shift. If you don't take a lunch, if you take a lunch, it's less than that. So how on earth can you turn your patients all every two hours? How can you toilet them every two hours? How can you give them all of their meds? How can you give them their insulin before every meal? How can you feed them their meals? How can you sit down and chart? How can you assess them twice in the shift? How can you do all of that? You're only human. And, you know, it's, 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 it's just, 
it's really unfortunate. Um, but I feel like we're on the right track and we can get there. Um, it'll just take some work. Um, you know, and the last thing I'm going to say, and the last lesson is that, um, if the board of nursing does an investigation, and even if the facility is at fault, they don't care. They won't do anything about it. You will still be punished. I mentioned the, the nurse earlier in this episode that was, um, subject to the unsafe staffing and she lost her license for accepting the unsafe staffing and nothing happened to the facility. Well, that unfortunately is the norm. Um, I remember speaking to this one nurse who was working as a traveler. Um, and so travel nursing we think is like glamorous and you travel the country. Maybe that's why some do it. You know, you can work in the tropical climates in the winter and take an assignment in the mountains so you can ski and then uh, go to California, travel, see the, the whole country. And that, that might be really great. Others do it for money because you get paid a lot of money. Um, and, but what you have to recognize is that as a travel nurse, you are often being brought in, especially now to fill gaps in facilities. And these facilities have so many gaps because usually they have a high turnover rate. And I say this all the time, a high turnover rate in a facility on a consistent basis means that the facility has poor leadership in one way or another. There's a huge red flag that there's probably some unsafe staffing, unfair expectations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. As a travel nurse, this is often where you are placed. And um, this one nurse was no... Um, you know, the, she's the prime example and she had um, her contracts canceled um, on several occasions for refusing unsafe assignments. Um, she, um, of course, they didn't say, you know, we don't want her to come back here. We're canceling her contract because she won't take a, you know, 10 patient assignment on a med surge unit, which the research standard of care should be for. Um, patients on a med surge on these particular units um, and or maybe an ICU you're supposed to have one to two patients per nurse depending on their acuity and if you're asked to take care of three four nurse uh, patients um, that's unsafe and so it's up to us as we discussed earlier board of nursing it's up to you to refuse it so this nurse was doing her duty as a nurse um, she understood that it was her job and so she was consistently refusing unsafe assignments and she was also had her contracts canceled in multiple facilities across the United States. So it's not just one area, it's, it's widespread. And, you know, after several contracts had been canceled, the agency actually threatened to fire her because they were like, we can't, you're on the do not send list for so many facilities because you're, you know, for whatever reason, they, they'll say things like, you're not a team player. You're not willing to help the unit out in a time of need. Well, if your time of need is every single day, all day, um, then you need to do something. You need you need to work on your unit, right? It's not to do with the nurse. Um, and so for fear that she's now unemployable and for her to be able to uphold the standard of her license, she called the board of nursing and told them what was going on and said, how how do I stay working as a nurse? Because if if I'm going by what the laws are and I'm I'm refusing unsafe assignments. I'm nobody will hire me and I can't work anywhere. The board of nursing, um, their response was, it's not our job to make sure you're employable. It's our job to make sure that you're not accepting unsafe assignments. Do not let us catch you accepting an unsafe assignment. And that was it. That was the only advice that they had. Um, you know, on the one hand, I understand where the Bureau of nursing, nursing is coming from. If it were more, you know, normalized for nurses to stand up for themselves across the board and we all refused unsafe assignments every time, facilities would stop forcing us to, right? They would, they, it would not be the expectation that we would ever accept an unsafe assignment if we all consistently refuse them. However, all it takes is a really small percentage of nurses to accept the unsafe assignment 
And all the facility has to do is just fire the people who give them a hard time. And they'll just keep giving the unsafe assignments to the nurses willing to take it. That is, um, that was the feedback I got from the facility uh, that sent me away. Um, I, they tried to give me 36 patients. I refused because that was unsafe and unrealistic. And they said all the other nurses in the facility, that's their standard. That is what they assign on a daily basis. And all of the nurses that work there accept it. And there's something wrong with me because I couldn't accept it. There was, however, there was nothing wrong with me. I was just doing my job as a nurse and I have no remorse about that, nor would I ever even want to go back to that facility ever again. It's also why I had a very, very short career as a long-term care nurse because um, that's kind of what they're subjected to. Really high staff patient ratios. You don't have time to do anything. You never feel like you're giving enough care. Um, and I know of a lot of nurses, I ask, how do you get all of this done and not have to stay late? So staying late to pass meds and they're like, oh, we just chart them that they're sleeping and that's how we get by. And I'm like, even if they're not sleeping, they're like, oh, well, we just keep track of like this patient might miss their metoprolol twice a week. And then when them, then we switch it to this patient will miss and, and we give it to them. And, that, and that's how we do it. That's not good care. That's not safe care. That's not any kind of care I'm willing to give. So I stayed far away from that world. Um, you know, I also believe that, you know, being devil's advocate here, like, yes, I understand where the board of nursing is coming from, but also they're in a really unique position, especially right now. So they've been able to take a stand against unsafe nurses, right? But they have an even more powerful um, stance that they could take. They could take a stand against unsafe healthcare settings altogether, right? And hold facilities accountable. Do they have to do the, the investigations themselves? No, they're not equipped for that. They don't know. There are people and agencies within our government that are actually, that's their job. Surprise, surprise. How about the Department of Health and Human Services? That's their job. Now, what if a nurse had a um, assignment and there was a mistake that was made? And as they're doing their investigation, they realize that the facility has a history and um, there might be some um, bad actors at play causing that you know led up to this nurse like maybe the facilities that are forcing people to work unsafe assignments on a consistent basis they could mean then they should be able to make a referral to the government agency to investigate them and share their findings with them uh, but that doesn't happen for whatever reason i i don't really know uh, but i'm going to leave you with just some food for thought so all in all the board of nursing it's a necessary entity and should be here to protect our profession of nursing that we all love. Um, they do a great work in keeping nurses out of the profession that should not be there with the exception of Florida. Um, it's because the it's because of the bear of nursing that when you go into the hospital and you're being cared for by a nurse, you know that that nurse has the credentials and at least the basic knowledge to take care of you safely. But I do believe that we're missing out on um, some key efforts that the Board of Nursing could be doing or any board, you know, the medical board. It could all be the same thing. Um, you know, the nurses working in dangerous facilities are themselves victims. They're not guilty until proven innocent. Sometimes they are just victims of the system. And, you know, in fact, some some of these nurses, I've talked about this on the podcast. They're trapped by contracts and they have to stay there, right? We see these nurses coming from the Philippines and they they sign like two to five year contracts and they can't leave it or else they're going to have to owe the hospital hundreds of thousands of dollars that they do not have. So, I mean, you can say that just quit, just go work somewhere else, but sometimes it's not that easy. And, but if the board of nursing receives a complaint about a nurse, and it is found that the facility is also at fault, then the Board of Nursing should be obligated to make a referral to the proper agencies to investigate it, like the Department of Health and Human Services. Or maybe there needs to be another agency. I don't really know. Someone's probably going to tell me that this process exists, but I've never seen it enforced. I've never seen it happen, and I've never heard of it happening. Um, 
I feel like, you know, everybody's just like in their own lane, like the board of nursing. I do nurses medical board. I do, I do medical doctors and department of health and human services. I do, I do facilities and nobody talks to each other. And, um, often if you have nurse making a mistake, um, Sometimes it is just a nurse making a mistake. Sometimes a nurse just, I mean, I've covered on here plenty of cases where the nurse is just a bad actor and um, some of them literally killing people. Those people um, are, they, they deserve what they've gotten and the board of nursing needs to come in and take their license. I get it. Um, but there are some nurses who have made mistakes because of the circumstances that they were in because of the lack of support and resources in their facility and to just punish the nurse for making a mistake and let the facility off without any kind of consequence that fosters that facility to continue with that behavior. And, um, ultimately the patients suffer. So, you know, if we, for safe patient care, you know, it's not only the nurse and the doctor and the CNA and the physical therapy, occupational therapy, respiratory therapist. It's not only the clinician's job. It's the facility also. Safe care is also the responsibility of the facility that the patient is in. And it's their job to make sure that their clinicians have the resources that they need to give safe care. And if they are not fostering that environment, or in fact, if they're fostering the opposite, then um, there need to be steep sanctions. And I mean, these hospitals, it needs to be something that's going to hurt because they'll just create a budget for it and, um, and that's it, right? Um, but, you know, a safe and just healthcare system, which is what we're working for here, it's within reach. And maybe government agencies and oversight agencies, if we had more of a collaborative stance, I feel like we could get to the bottom of a lot of things a lot sooner. And I will leave you with that. Uh, if you found value in this episode, please share it. Um, I encourage you to leave me a review. I read each and every one of them and I appreciate all of you who have, and I will see you next time. Hey there, this is the part of the podcast where I get to make my lawyer smile and I get to tell you that the purpose of this podcast is for educational purposes only. I am not a lawyer and therefore not your lawyer or giving you any kind of legal advice as well as I am a nurse, but I am not your nurse. And so I am not giving you any medical advice either. Take this information as educational and consult your doctor or your legal counsel as you see fit.